0: Castaway Show with Dave Dolan Hello Anza, you're tuned into Coyote Radio, 97.1 FM, Anza's own radio station and you're listening to The Castaway Show I'm Dave Dolan with your local fishing show We've got a new topic to talk about tonight Got some recipes, boating tips, and we're just going to talk some fishing. So stay tuned for this episode of the Castaway Show. Well, Anza, this past week we've had a real change in the weather. We went from our springtime, almost summer-like weather, into a little uh, winter touch of winter, which we haven't had all winter long. Unfortunately, this, rain, this uh, storm was more wind than it was rain, the rain that we could really use. But it was kind of nice seeing a little bit of snow up on Thomas Mountain and there's quite a bit more up there on Santa Rosa Peak. That'll all help, but we can certainly use some more. Just this past weekend, I was up there at Lake Hemet and boy is that water level ever, ever down at that lake. It's too bad because I really don't see their boat launch ramp as being open this summer unless we get a real deluge of rain because that water has really dropped up there. Also, um, as I mentioned in the past shows, they haven't put any trout in at Lake Hemet for quite a while, but they're going to target that more for springtime and early summer, as it is up at higher elevation, and it can hold the trout a little bit later into the season. Looking down below at Lake Skinner, they're reporting some very good striped bass fishing. Uh, Most of these are caught on either live shad or frozen sardines. The place to look would be at the inlet, They're close to the dam or along the north shore. They're scheduled for a trout plant on Valentine's Day, February 14th, so that'll pick up the trout fishing and it always sparks up the striped bass fishing too. Down at Diamond Valley Lake, they have a report this last week there was an angler from shore. This guy must have really known his stuff really well because he caught in one afternoon a 15-pound and a 12-pound striped bass. That is really some kind of fishing there. He caught it on a what they call the Lunker Punker, Lunker Punker R- Lure. I'm not familiar with that, but that's a report I got. So if you know what they are, it might be a good idea to pick them up in your sporting goods store if you're going to go fishing there. They's, this week, they're also planting a trout plant on the week of February 14th. And um, they've caught trout up to eight pounds there this past week. I don't have a report out of Lake Kaweah down on the desert side from us, but I do know they were on about an every two-week stocking schedule on the trout. So uh, that probably won't go on too much longer at Kaweah because that water is warming up down in the desert. I got a report out of Lake Elsinore that they're doing real good on, on largemouth bass, mostly in the one to three pound range. They're catching these on both live shad, if you can get them, or a live shad artificial lure. So that's a really good option that we have in the local area. I still got to say that if you want to target trout, (laughs) I got to steer you down south at San Diego area lakes have been doing excellent down in that area. Cuyamaca Lake in the uh, East County, just south of us here, is they're reporting very good fishing on trout. They've been receiving regular plants and just good old bait fishing on your uh, dough bait seem to be doing real well, especially along the uh, Chamber Park area and the North Shore at Lone Pine Tree. Dixon Lake has had trout plants on February 7th and another one on February 14th. These are 1,500 pound plants. They say the best place to fish there is along the buoy line or pier too. They've been putting in a phenomenal amount of trout into Dixon, so that's a really good option. and it's not too far away from us, just down the freeway out of Escondido. Lake Poway, a little bit farther down the i fifteen, they are receiving a trout plan on february twenty first of one thousand five hundred pounds. So I'd look for it to pick up and stay good there. And then I think the best option is probably going to be Lake Wolford. I don't know how they rated getting on these trout, but on February 7th, the 14th, and the 21st, they're having 1,500 pounds on each of those dates are going to be planted into, into Wolford. So we really still have a lot of good options on the trout fishing. On the saltwater scene out of the San Diego landings, and I imagine it's also the same out of both Mission Bay, Oceanside, and Dana Point. It's been pretty slow on the uh, local fishing, the half-day fishing. The, they're picking up a few sculpin and a few sand sand bass here and there, but it's pretty slow right now. And with the cold front that went through this past few days, I imagine it's going to probably knock down the fishing in those areas for a little while. But, you know, once we get a nice span of good warm weather the fishing will pick right back up. If you wanted to fish on a just a one-day trip, you do have that option out of the San Diego and even Mission Bay landings to go on their three-quarter day trips. Uh, they call these three-quarter day, but well some of them are starting to call them full day trips. Three-quarter day trips, but they're they generally leave about five in the morning and get back at five in the afternoon. So you're getting in a good full day of fishing. What these boats offer, the option they have is that they are going into Mexican waters, usually around the Coronado Islands, and they're doing real well on the rockfish. There is still the rockfish closure in U.S. waters. That's in effect until March the 1st. So you do have that option on a three-quarter day trip to go down and go do some rockfishing down in Mexican waters. Just remember, if you do that you have to have a passport, and you have to have a Mexican fishing permit. Now, the fishing permit, they can include that in the cost of your license, or you can pick that up at the landing, but don't show up at one of these trips without a passport. Either you will not be allowed on the boat, or if you do go on the boat, the boat will not be able to go into Mexican waters. Now, if you did that, you probably wouldn't be a favorite of the other people on the boat. So, get the passport. You know, they're good for 10 years. Once you have them, then you can always have the option of doing a trip into Mexico and you don't have to plan ahead for it. The best fishing out of the, on the saltwater scene would be your day and a half fishing trips. These are going out of both the San Diego and the Mission Bay landings. These trips are pretty much, well, they're going into Mexican waters. The Option on this these trips is they're going down and they're bottom fishing. But this is just flat out limit fishing on the rockfish. Both the reds, the cods. These are really good eating fish. They're the deep water, cold water fish you're bringing up. So what they're doing is they're targeting them first, kind of getting them out of the way. And then they go looking for the game fish. This is kind of a hit or miss thing. The two boats that are consistently going down there are the Pacific Queen and the New Low Ann. On a recent trip this last weekend, the Pacific Queen got their limits of rockfish. They went looking for bluefin tuna, but only managed to find two of them. However, the new Loanne did real well. They caught their limit of rockfish. They went looking and they hit the lucky strike. They landed 25 bluefin tuna. These are mostly in the uh, 20 to 30 pound range. Those are nice fish, but we're not getting those big monsters like we were getting last summer. Also know that another boat out of the San Diego lamining the, uh, the Mustang, they went out and they found a lucky spot and they limited out on yellowtail. They were pretty lucky because this was virtually the only yellowtail caught in the whole Southland waters this last week. So don't count on the yellowtail, but good for them. They caught them. If you want to go out on saltwater, one option you have at this time of year and it's still going on and it's a whole lot of fun it's either out of the San Diego Sport Landings or some of the um, tour boats out of the Embarco, Embarcadero area of San Diego. They're still doing whale watching. You know, if you just want to get your saltwater fix, or if you got people from out of town, or especially if you've got some kids, this is really a great trip to take. You're almost assured of seeing whales. In fact, most of these operations, if you don't see a whale, they'll give you a rain check where you get to go back and go for free. These are the migrating gray whales, but I've also seen humpback, sperm whales, and even blue whales on these trips. You'll probably see a lot of dolphin, a lot of other sea life, and they're just a whole lot of fun too. So if you're limited on fishing and, you know, unless you're going on a longer trip, the fishing is a bit slow on the local scene, that whale watching is an option that you have. But between that and the all the local trout fishing, we still got a lot we can do out there. Well, everybody, for my main topic tonight what I'd like to talk about, well, we got springtime coming up here, and in our in a local paper here, I usually write a fishing story once a month, comes out usually the first issue of the month, and the story I just recently wrote is what I'd like to talk about tonight. We have, right in our own backyard, probably one of the best fishing areas in the whole world. We've got this fishing pier in our backyard. This fishing pier is 800 miles long, and it's called Baja California. The reason I call it a fishing pier is just look at a map. You know, below California where Baja extends out, that just looks like a long fishing pier that goes out into the water in some of the most prolific fishing grounds you can find anywhere in the world. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about it. It, I can talk a little bit more about it than what I was able to write about in a newspaper story. But Basically, I like to think about this fishing pier walking onto that pier at the north end of it. Well, the north end of it, as you walk south, you're walking to the end of that pier. Well, now, as you go down that pier from the start of the pier to the end of the pier, there's nothing in common with that first step you take onto the pier with the, the end of that pier. In fact, as you're going down, as you go on the right-hand side of the pier, it has nothing in common with the left-hand side of the pier. So kind of think of it that way. Now, as you go onto the pier here, the north end of it, on the right-hand side, going down between San Diego to Ensenada, that fishery there is a lot like the fishery out of San Diego. You do have access, Ensenada, nice big fishing port where there are some sport fishing operations and our sport boats out of san diego especially like in the one day and a half range they target this area quite a bit on the right hand side of the pier but if you go the same latitude over to the left hand side of the pier which is the sea of cortez side that is completely different than what you have on the right hand side If you go down to the left-hand side, that's Highway 5 below Mexicali, you're going to come out in San Felipe, about 120 miles below the border. It's really a good road down to San Felipe. That 125 miles, you can make it inside of two hours. San Felipe, it's a real fun little town there. Now, the fishing in San Felipe, that's the very north end of the Sea of Cortez, pretty shallow water there and quite honestly it's been pretty fished out with the gill netters through that area. That's too bad because I've had fishing trips down there with my dad when I was a kid and in fact um, in the good old days down there it was quite a fishery for the tutuaba which were giant fish basically caught from shore. I got pictures of a trip my dad went down there where the fish they caught were bigger than the men in the pictures but those days are long gone. The one operation, the one way I like to access this north end of the fishing pier on the left-hand side would, well, I go with the uh, Tony Reyes operation out of San Felipe. And we do six-day trips that go down the left-hand side of that pier farther on down south. I really enjoy these trips. They're six days long. We target the midriff islands. And um, this area, the midriff islands, they're virtually untouched. They only have the one boat out of San Felipe that goes down there. And it's so remote. You just don't find private boats going down to that area. This is really great fishing. Generally on these trips, i got a couple buddies I do them with. We come back with 100-quart coolers. Each one of us with a 100-quart cooler that's just packed full of fish fillets. Not whole fish. I'm talking fish fillets. So... That is one way to access the left-hand side of the pier as you go south. Below San Felipe, you do have a few places you can drive to. You can go down to Puerto Citos, which is 50 miles farther south. This is a really fun, really unique little fishing village down there. I've spent a lot of vacation time down there. My sons and I, we've gone there. We love it. It's maybe not the greatest fishing, but it's just a really fun place with the tide pools. You can catch catch, you know, your sand bass, spotted bay bass in the area. There's recently been completed between Citos to Gonzaga Bay. The highway been, has been completed that stretch. And Gonzaga Bay is some really good fishing. That's where you start getting into the yellowtail fishing. From Gonzaga Bay, the highway rejoins the Trans-Peninsula Highway farther down the peninsula. Now, the one thing I should say about this fishing pier You know it's eight hundred miles long. If you drive to the end of it, eleven hundred miles down to Cabo San Lucas, there are actually very few places where you have access to the ocean. So you gotta really plan out your your trips down there or whether you're driving yourself or there are flying destinations to go to. One area on the left hand side of the pier, you've got to drive down the highway one. It's access to Bahia de Los Angeles. Now, this place, this is just pure Baja. We spent several family vacations at L.A., well, we call it L.A. Bay. This is just, you know, it's a full-service little village, kind of remote, a little rough around the edges, but you can get your supplies there. There's also ponga fishing out of there where you can hire, you know, your Mexican pongeros and go out. And this is also the area that's accessed by boat by the, the fishing operation that comes out of San Felipe. So... This is a really great area for fishing, but after Bajitos de Los Angeles, you really don't have access to drive down to any of the fishing spots for quite a ways down the peninsula. Looking across to the right-hand side of the pier, on the Pacific side, there's very little access to go fishing as you go down the Baja Peninsula after Ensenada. There's a few little fish camps you can turn off to, one being a Castro's camp, but you really don't have access to the ocean until you get down to San Quintin. San Quintin, it's a really a large farming area, but they also have a large bay there, and there are fishing operations that go out of San Quintin, and from there, just on day trips out of San Quintin, you access the areas that are generally like three-day fishing trips out of San Diego. So this is a really good spot. Now, if you still want to go farther down the fishing pier, driving down the Baja trans Peninsula Highway, you really won't have access to the ocean until you come out the area around Mulahay. Mulahay is a beautiful little tropical town. It's right on the Sea of Cortez, and it's got a river that flows into the into the Sea of Cortez. It's got the palm trees, the thatched roof houses. You're just in another world at Mulahay. There's also private... Um, fishing operations you can go to out of Moolahe. Farther south of Moolahe, about 50 miles south, you have Bahia de Concepcion. This is just a jewel of Baja. It's a 28 mile long bay. It's just one of those picture postcard type places to be at. There's also ponga operations you can go fishing out of of, uh, Bahia Concepcion. Now, pass there is Loretto. Now Loretto is a fly-in resort where you can get to. There are regularly scheduled airline flights out of the U.S. going to Loretto. Loretto's got some large islands out of offshore and you can really start targeting your bigger game fish out of Loretto. Big yellowtail, tuna, dorado, and even occasionally marlin and sailfish come up to that area. But if you're going to drive down to Loretto, you're looking at right around 700 miles to get there. If you're looking directly over onto the right side of the fishing pier from this area, you're mainly looking at remote fish camps. The uh, transpeninsular highway doesn't have doesn't go down to the ocean at these spots, but um, there are turnoffs where you can go to some remote fish camps where you've got some very good fishing, but You better be a real Baja aficionado to go to these places. You're talking remote. You better be self-contained and be ready to take care of yourself if any problems arise. But offshore from these areas, San Diego sport boats target these areas. One would be the Cedros Island area, which actually has just been closed off to sport fishing boats. But there are some fly-in operations out of San Diego that go to Cedros Island, one I did last summer, and they call Cedros the yellowtail capital of the world. Also off the right side of the island, even more remote island, would be Island Guadalupe. Now this is generally like a five-day fishing trip out of San Diego. I've been to Guadalupe. It's phenomenal. It isn't so much quantity fishing at Guadalupe, but it is quality fishing. What you're going to target there are going to be big yellowtail and big yellowfin tuna. Also, another feature of Guadalupe Island, and I've seen them there myself. Guadalupe Island is probably one of the best places in the world for the great white, sh- great white shark observations. In fact, there's even uh, boats going out of San Diego that do the cage dives with the great white sharks. I guess that's kind of on my bucket list someday. That's um, my wife said she'll only let me do it if I buy a large insurance policy, but. Um, When I was fishing down there at Guadalupe once, we had the great white sharks around the boat. Uh, We were getting some of our fish were picked off by a couple smaller great whites. But I hooked up with, I know, a really big yellowtail. I knew I had to get it up quick to get it through the sharks. And all of a sudden, about 30 feet off the boat, my yellowtail popped up to the surface. I thought, wow, that's really strange. Then right behind it, right out of the water, came Airborne a great white shark came up and took my yellowtail. All he left me was the head. Now that um, yellowtail from the head, I'm sure it was probably about a 40-pound grade yellowtail. And um, the captain of the boat, he saw that great white. He said it was a 15-footer, 2,000-pounder. So that's a real thrill you can have down there at Guadalupe Island along with your fishing. Now going farther down the fishing pier... On the left-hand side, the Sea Cortez side, you'll come out at the city of La Paz, which is a full, it's, it's the uh, capital of Baja Sur. It's a full-service destination resort. What I like about it is that La Paz still has the old Mexican flavor to it. They do have some really good fishing operations out of La Paz, too. Just below La Paz would be the area called the East Cape. Now, this would be probably my favorite fishing destination of Baja, one of the best places I've ever been to for fishing. There are about three or four resorts right along the the bay of the East Cape. There's one in particular I really like going to, but, you know, the others are really good too. The East Cape is where you target your big, it is big game fishing down at the East Cape. I've caught all my marlin, all except one that I caught in Hawaii, I've caught blue marlin, striped marlin off the East Cape. I've caught big tuna. I've caught rooster fish. I've caught dorado. Just an example of the trophies you can get there. The dorado I caught, my three biggest dorado, I caught a 62-pounder, a 54-pounder, and a 45-pounder. You'd be lucky to catch anything half that size on a sport boat out of San Diego fishing the northern part of Baja. I've also caught a 45-pound rooster fish. They get a whole lot bigger than that. 70, 80-pounders are common. So this is really big game hunting when you go down the East Cape of Baja. Now, if you want to go to the end of the fishing pier, that would be Cabo San Lucas. Now, I remember my first trip to Cabo San Lucas. A buddy and I, we drove the length of the peninsula only two years after that highway was completed. It was still wild country back then. But just an example of how things have changed. That trip to Cabo San Lucas, we drove it in my little Dotson pickup. My buddy and I, we went down at, right at Cabo San Lucas on a sandy beach right within sight of the famous sea arches and just set up camp, had a few beers, barbecued, and we just camped right there. That very same spot is covered with million-dollar resorts right now, so those days of beach camping are long gone. There's still some good fishing, there out of Cabo San Lucas. It's amazing that it's still as good as it is, as much as it's been fished over all the years. But um, Cabo San Lucas, it's mainly a resort cruise ship town right now. In fact, the airport at Cabo San Lucas is the second busiest airport in all of Mexico, behind only Mexico City. So I know the last time I was there, there were five cruise ships in port, constantly had having aircraft flying over taking off landing so you know it's a good party town if that's your thing if you want to take a cruise ship do a stop there it's fine but for my taste for fishing there are so many other places i would really rather go to than Cabo San Lucas now if you want to go the whole length of this fishing pier to drive there you're looking at right around 1100 miles to drive all the way to Cabo San Lucas and as I said earlier, there's really very few places where you have access to go fishing. It can be phenomenal fishing, but you've got to plan these trips out. It's not like you're going down the beach both, on both sides of the fishing pier. So actually, a lot of these resorts, especially the East Cape, Loretto, Cabo San Lucas, you're really a lot better off if you fly down there into one of the uh, fishing resorts. There's several good ones down there and do it that way. However, if you want to drive it, it is drivable. There's gasoline now is plentiful along the way. Your supplies are plentiful. But the question of safety often comes up about driving down into Baja. All I can say about that is, is I have never had problems down there. In fact, one time we had a vehicle breakdown. They have a fleet called the Green Angels. These are uh, sponsored by the Mexican government. We had... a uh, Vehicle problem, and it was just a matter of minutes. The Green Angels came by, and he got me up and going again. But, like anywhere, you know, you hear the stories about things happening down in Baja. The number one rule is don't drive at night. That's when you might be susceptible to problems. So, in the highway, you know, it is free range down there. There's cattle on the highway that come out. So, just don't drive at nighttime, and that'll eliminate most any problem you will have down there. And also when you get around the towns, it's just like anywhere in the U.S. If you want to, people sometimes they figure, well, we're in Mexico, let's just get drunk and crazy. Well, if you want to do that in one of the towns and you do something stupid, you'll trouble will probably find you. So, but I would say that travel in Baja is safe, but just use your good judgment and don't drive at night. So anyhow, that's kind of a length uh a rundown of going down the length of this fishing pier that we have in our backyard. I know there are several books written on it, and I just kind of touched the surface of what this Baja fishing is like, but believe me, my best fishing I've ever had has been down Baja, whether it's on boats, flying resorts, or even when we've driven down there. So we've got that fishing pier in our backyard, so let's take advantage of it, and we're coming up on the season to do it. I'd like to give my boating tip for this show. I know it was a couple of shows ago I talked about the Shelter Island Launch Ramp down on San Diego Bay. Now, I've got an update on that. Now, Shelter Island Launch Ramp, that was the busiest boat launch ramp in California. They average over 50,000 boat launches a year. It's such a popular place, but it was really in need of repair. The thing was just... Actually, I got to say it like it is. It was an embarrassment to have a launch ramp like that on a place as popular as San Diego Bay. The ramp was beat up, broken concrete, asphalt was bad shape. And oh, well, anyhow, they finally got the funds to do a renovation on it. Now, originally, this was to start last May. It was going to put a damper on our being able to use it this last summer, but that was a sacrifice we had to make. But started last May and we're going to be completed in March. Well, I got some news for you. I was just down there and it's not anywhere near completion. They're saying now it's going to be completed in June, but um, I've heard it from a few people in the know. They're talking about closer to the end of summer before this launch ramp is um, completed. It's really going to be nice when it's opened up, and I'm sure looking forward to it because I've launched my boat there more than anywhere else. But just a heads up to any of you that have a boat and like to go boating, don't count on seeing that Shelter Island launch ramp up and going until sometime well into summer. Are you hungry? It's recipe time. I've got a recipe for you tonight. That This one is so easy you're going to wonder why you don't do it some more and it's so quick and easy that you can do it when you're a little pressed for time. This is a jalapeno jelly glaze. I like to use this on yellowtail fillets. So start off with your yellowtail fillets. Remember you want to dry your fish. Get these fillets and wrap them up in paper towels when they're soaked, rewrap them again and keep doing this until those towels are dry. Remember, fish juice does not taste good. Now, once you're done with that, here's the recipe for this jelly glaze. I use one quarter cup of jalapeno jelly, two tablespoons of rice white vinegar, rice or white wine vinegar, a half a teaspoon of Dijon mustard, and a little pinch of salt. Just put all these ingredients in a salt pan Bring it up to a boil and just enough to blend it. And that's it for the glaze. Get your um, yellowtail fillets. I like to lightly salt and pepper them, or I always like to maybe use a little garlic pepper. Do a quick, uh, I like to do an olive oil pan sear on these. Remember, don't overcook your fish. But as it's cooking, use this jalapeno jelly glaze and just baste it while it's cooking. This is a real favorite of ours, and it's so quick and easy to do. I've enjoyed talking Baja with you on this show, and whether you drive down there, make it a kind of a rustic trip, or if you fly down to one of the resorts that they have down south, you can make it as rustic as you want or as luxurious as you want. But there is such a great fishing opportunity just south of us, down that big, long peninsula just south of us in Baja, California. I've enjoyed this show, and I look forward to the next one where we can cast away...